Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's the day going? It's going well, Shay. Um, I'm not really feeling the summer yet. No. I feel like we just got our heads down and we're working so much. And I kind of realized that this is the first true summer out of college, you mm, know, for both mm-hmm, of us. Mm-hmm. No summer vacation. We're just yeah. grinding. I mean, it's it's weird. I, I kept trying. It was very sunny outside in Seattle today, day of recording, and I kept trying to escape, and I just couldn't get to it. I sat by the window for a little bit, ate some food and stuff, but I never was able to get out for a walk or anything. It was just a busy day, and then we're just trying to add to the workload also. We made a lot of declarations on the behind the scenes today. If there was ever an episode for you to go sign up on Patreon or upgrade your tier, for behind the scenes, if you want to have a say in the future of the third party, this was the one. Because I think we made good games offers if somebody was really passionate. Don't overpromise. Like, we just started just saying <laughs> stuff. So if you're interested in yeah. listening, go in. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about a lot. We got a fun one, though. Today, we're diving into some news, answering a ton of great questions. Uh, but before any we do any of that, we want to make sure you join us on Discord to ask those questions for the podcast, chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Kirk Rudoche and at HB Burrison. Links for all those are in the description. Just like Shay said, if you want to support the show and have a say in what kind of content we make for everyone, but also exclusively for you in terms of private exclusive episodes, definitely hit the link in the description to support us on Patreon. Now, the big thing that we have to recap is our last private tournament for patrons. So we had the third third party invitational. Huge congratulations to Two Docs, One Coach as our first place winners. Team consisted of Hammer Doc, Hammer Inc., and Puck the Pens. Incredible performance. Um, It was probably... From a gameplay perspective, the most entertaining tournament we've had to date. It was so crazy. And the final game had one of the biggest comeback performances I think we'll ever see in any sort of private lobby. It was incredible. I mean, we always do the math of like, can this team in third or fourth place actually get top three or win? Because we give out prizes to the top three. Like, oh man, they need to get a win in 16 kills. And this team pretty much, I think it was 13 to 16 in a second. Is that correct? In terms of clutching up to then hit the top three? It was incredible. (laughs) It was insane. The other highlight for me is that we had a couple ramparts getting played (laughs) and had decent success, like top five, top three finishes. So I love that. And on Saturday, we're going to be remastering rampart. So stay tuned for that. It's a Rampart week for the Rampart fans, that's for sure. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, the Legend Recolor store is now live. We don't talk about skins in depth, obviously, on the show, but I love these recolor stores when they come out. Uh, You know, we got a handful of skins on there right now. Are there any that are sticking out to you? Any you're obviously just able to grab with your extra Legend tokens? Or are there any, and this is the key question, 
any of these skins that are good enough to make you craft or spend money to get the base skin? <laughs> That's a really good question, Shay. Um, I think the kind of watermelon style rev is one that is admired by a lot of mm-hmm. people as a recolor. Um, weirdly enough, my favorite current recolor is the Bloodhound um, because I think the base is quite rare. I mm-hmm. don't see it very often. It's got gold elements. But the only skin on this list that I could craft right now, this with legend tokens, is the Watson Vaporware, which is the recolor fly by wire. It is really nice. That cool. Watson it's skin good. is one of my favorites. I, I have the crafting right now to pull a Watson skin. And as a Masters Watson player, um, I'm thinking about doing it per se yeah. to get that pink yeah. one. So who knows? But make sure you check out that store. You never want to miss out on recolors if you're a longtime player and have the extra tokens lying around. Next piece of news, though, Respawn pushed out a mini patch on June 7th to fix just a few little random things. Uh, there were some improper ranked awards being awarded, and so now they're actually catching up. So if you didn't get a dive trail, didn't get a badge, something that you were supposed to get, that should be coming in the next few days. Uh, they fixed some IMC armory exploits. There was the big one, which was the teleporting through the roof as Ash. That's been removed from the game, uh, which, you know, I would be honest with you, I never did it. I only saw highlights of it, but every time I saw a video of it, I was like, how is that even successful? Like, truly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. So, yeah. And then besides that, a couple sound issues, you know, other bug fixes. They fixed the one uh, notable one, I think, is the Newcastle Ultimate that the entire server was hearing at times, just kind of echoing over and over and over again. So that's out of the game. Just a good couple little bug fixes, essentially. Yeah, I definitely was hearing that one uh, for the first few weeks of launch. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that for sure. And next piece of news, we got developers talking a little bit about Gold Knockdown and the frustrations around that. We talked about Gold Knockdown last week and dove into some ideas and stuff, so I don't think we need to spend too much time on it. But two actual Respawn employees on Twitter just noted, essentially, that that feedback is being heard, and we'll see if anything comes out of it. Um, The one theoretical concept I saw recently that I wanted to point out was a a self-revive turning off after round five. And I'm wondering if that is in any way something, it's not something we talked about last week. Where's that sit in terms of ideas to quote unquote fix the gold knockdown? I think that's probably a, a good start. What we've talked about in the past though is that why do we need this? Mm-hmm. You know, it it's possible that it's not really necessary anymore in the game and it doesn't add enough fun moments that's kind of the defense for the gold uh knockdown shield self-revive is that that moment when your whole team's dead and you pull off a self-revive and you pop a bat and then you clutch up and revive the rest of your team that moment is the case study for why Mm -hmm. it should be in the game you've played the game every day for a long time now how often do you get in those moments (laughs) not often jay (laughs) Honestly, not. I often, think we but could will count say, it on our hands, like totally. If that, and, totally. Yeah. And I will. I think I said this uh, last week as well. I've been on both sides of gaining mm-hmm. RP and losing RP to a gold knockdown. I, I think I said it last week that I've won a game off a of gold mm-hmm. knockdown. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I am personally okay with removed from the game. Um, 
it's not to a point for me that I am really raging about yeah. it. I think if I was higher in the ranks, it matters a lot more because as you get into the like infinitely small masters and pred lobbies now, <laughs> it is so difficult to gain RP. With the entry costs increasing every 1,000 RP, mm-hmm. it is insane to gain anything. So when you do lose out on 30, 40, 50 points because of a gold knockdown, that hurts a lot. You know, that's yeah. the equivalent of getting a loss. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm okay with it, you know, going away entirely. I'm definitely okay with it getting reworked. What's interesting to point out to, I think, a lot of players is that number one, gold knockdown has always been self revive. Mm-hmm. There was no other uh, situation or benefit to it. Like we've had changes to the backpack. But the other thing that's interesting to note is that the gold knockdowns have been removed for two years now, all the way back in season five. Mm-hmm. We are in season 13 now. The They're length removed. of the pod, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. They are removed in season five from custom lobbies. And really, that's pro play. So we've existed in a point for now two years where it's been accepted that they are unfair for yeah. a competitive environment. But nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. So it, I think we're at a point where we will see something happen, but it is a little shocking to look at the timeline and stroke your beard and say, why has well, it taken so long? And yeah. is this such a hard problem to address when it's already been corrected mm-hmm. in custom lobbies for years? Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. We haven't had the change of an ability like this in a while and so i do wonder you know why the hold up is there a fear that they're going to switch it to some other sort of ability and that one's going to be too powerful um which would be disappointing honestly if that was the reason um but generally speaking yeah it was addressed as unfair as addressed as not healthy maybe not unfair is, is the right word but it was unhealthy for the state of the game and the flow of the game and because it's been removed for a while but now we're seeing this surge in play style that matches more similarly to competitive lobbies due to the rank changes in theory and so i think now it's obviously more prevalent than ever we're talking about it back-to-back weeks on the news i don't think we've talked about a piece of gear on back-to-back weeks on the pod in a long time so obviously there's something here um if you want ideas on how to change it check out last week's we spitballed a little bit I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to say though on the topic? Any idea you're so proud of? We're just like, this needs to be the fix. We got to say it again. <laughs> I'm honestly okay with it just getting removed entirely at this yeah. point. I, and you can remove you it and bring something else back later when you're ready. Like, that's the other thing, you know? Like, it doesn't like, if you're like, I have to have a gold knockdown shield regardless yeah. of ability, like, well, just obviously, you've addressed that it's not fair in pro lobbies. Let's just do it for everyone. So Here's what I would like to see, Shay. Mm-hmm. Remove the gold knockdown. Bring in the gold shotgun bolt. <laughs> Dude, that'd be great. I'm serious. So maybe, uh, maybe we can see you've, that. You've made a little Twitter, uh, a, a, some mm-hmm. like a Twitter uh, statement about that. So definitely go check out HB Burson on Twitter for all the gold shotgun bolt thoughts that are around. <laughs> the, the <laughs> He's the only one yeah. talking about it on Twitter. So you, it's the only oh, place man. you can hear. <laughs> Roasted. Yep. Okay, we got a little bit more news to cover today. We're going to go over uh, a couple 
opinions from streamers uh, that are making the rounds. And we don't talk about this a ton. We don't really talk about just, you know, random pros and stuff, thoughts on the game. But we're going to talk about Imperial Hal and Asu today because, you know, they are very influential on this video game that we play. So it's interesting to get a peek into the mind of someone that is committing their entire life to the game at this point. Uh, and so we're going to start with Imperial Hal. Uh, Imperial Hal was asked by one of his viewers for his opinion on Newcastle recently and the current meta. In response, Hal explained that Newcastle falls into the quote-unquote trash category of Legends in Season 13 as he lacks any damage abilities. Bold statement, but the interesting part was that in Hal's opinion, it is essential for a character to have some form of damage in their kit to make themselves a meta legend, which I think is something we've indirectly talked about honestly but we've never put it as straightforward as that on the show but when you put it in that way i think there's some truth behind that to an extent yeah it's definitely inflammatory um Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of people would default say it's all about movement it's all about Mm -hmm. pathfinder it's all about Mm -hmm. rate um and then they might point to what about mad maggie what about fuse totally big damage dealing uh Abilities like mm-hmm. Maggie's tactical can do 160 damage yeah. if you have somebody pinned. So, to say damage is the key to success as a legend, probably not holistically true. Mm-hmm. But what I can say in the defense of Hal is that the three most popular legends in Master and Pred lobbies right now are Wraith, Duh, Horizon, and Valk. The, it, it's a little shocking to me, mm-hmm. honestly. I think most people on Stormpoint. We'll acknowledge that Valk is critical for the rotations, yeah. but she does have missiles. She mm-hmm. can deal damage. Horizon's ultimate doesn't deal damage on itself, but is a it's a very damage intense pudding. Yeah, mm-hmm. with grenades you can kind of take that leap that it does deal damage. It does remove the necessity to hit shots or to fire a weapon. So I can kind of see where he's coming from in terms mm-hmm. of you need more than just a shield. And being mm-hmm. able to revive somebody. Uh, and in order the to comparison as well is like Gibraltar, you know, he is exactly. in that category as well, but still has the ultimate that can deal some damage. So uh, there is something there to an extent, but you know, I think we don't really speak in absolutes. Only Siths do that. Um, next piece from Hal, though, he had some strong thoughts on armories. Okay, so this is what Hal said about armories. They need to like actually make that armory a challenge and not like the freest effing loot in the game. Those armories are literally like a POI in itself. Hal said pointing out how teams can get decent shields and health supplies for a minute or so's worth of work. He said, I don't understand why these added why they added those things to this map, Stormpoint, when it has the best loot out of any map instead of like the sh- not as nice and good maps like World's Edge. Why didn't they add it to World's Edge? So some passion there from Hal in terms of his thoughts on the armories. And we haven't, it hasn't been ruled out that armories aren't going to be coming to other maps in the future. They're obviously just originating on Stormpoint. What are your first impressions though, kind of here in this slight frustration for the armories in theory? Yeah. I will repeat what I said at the beginning of the season. I don't think there's even a chance that armories come onto other maps. Mm-hmm. I know the developers said they were thinking about it, but mm-hmm. I do not think that was a promise. And I don't even think it was a realistic Definitely was thing not pitched as a promise in any way, I, shape, or form. Yeah. I, I just would not bet on that at all. Armories are incredibly powerful. 
No doubt about it. I really want to talk to a developer about the loot quality on Stormpoint, though, mm-hmm. because I think the armories definitely set it probably heads and shoulders above yeah. anything else. You know, we've talked about caustic treatment with the gold mm-hmm, items mm-hmm. and big mod being something that's really cool to get Explosive weapons. Explosive holds on games. Like, there are some nice features of other maps, but the armories are definitely a drastic winner. I have always wondered. I don't really like a lot of the POIs at Stormpoint, and mm-hmm. that's why I don't like it as a map compared to others. World's Edge has such more high-quality POIs for fighting mm-hmm. and looting, in my opinion. But I'm curious if the loot distribution on Stormpoint is even with other maps, or if the PvE components remove loot that might Otherwise, be spying on the ground and POIs mm, and supplies. Like, is loot added into a spider nest mm-hmm. or is it redistributed? Like, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. You would think that from my own playable experience, I'd be able to deduce that it is <laughs> added, but I don't know because the map's so yeah. big. Um, it's hard I, to I say. I don't really share these opinions that Hal does that, that it's unfair. Mm-hmm. I prefer decreasing RNG. I prefer getting loot as quickly as possible so I can fight more and have more fun. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure w- what his actual concern is or what yeah. he would want. And I don't know if I buy that World's Edge is really bad at getting you loot. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think I've felt a little bit the difference in how you can get loot. On Stormpoint, you have three options to get loot yep. outside of killing or looting itself. You got the armories, you got replicators, you got PvE. And you could even say you got forks, you got PvE of different types of animals per se. So yeah. a lot of options to get your armor, get attachments without ever taking a fight, which is really interesting. And I have definitely noticed dropping in the games on World's Edge where it's like, you know, I walk out of the first fight I'm not kidded by any means or anything or feeling like I can't go take a fight because I just didn't get good stuff off drop. Okay, I'm not going to go rotate to some other element of the game that will allow me to supplement that. I just need to go hopefully find an uncontested POI. So it's definitely an interesting, it changes the flow of how I think you play a little bit. And I've just noticed it more after you know, playing a ton of Stormpoint and then coming back to this. I don't think it's game-breaking. I don't think it's like this night and day difference by any means. But I understand the thought process a little bit. Um, but I don't think that necessarily means it's like a bad thing either at, at all. So it's just a yeah. different different kind of loot style, different form of map, which is cool. There's a, I like that there's differences between the maps per se. Um, next thought from Hal, though. Hal... Not really a fan of the rank changes. Um, And this is interesting because he initially was kind of at the forefront saying like, best rank switches. I love the switch up. They've really improved rank. He's really walked that back. And his reasoning is interesting because it's not one I don't think you and I could ever relate to or anyone listening to this pod could relate to. But it's interesting to hear the pro's perspective. And he says he kind of takes issues with the quote unquote bot opponents he's being matched up with effectively making lobbies too easy for his skill level. And I think that comes back a lot to what we talked about last week, which is the distribution issues right now in ranked where, yeah, I 
think he's right. He's probably playing against much lower level players than he's used to because there is not a master or a pred or even a diamond tier right now. Um, which is brutal to hear from that perspective to say that like for those guys, it's just, it's a waste at times. Yeah. I, we've talked about some of these issues in detail at this Mm -hmm. point on the show, but I think that it's possible that a big root issue is the bold stance that if you finish top 10 or below, Mm -hmm. you lost. I think that makes it a lot harder to populate diamond and masters and to make the people that can perform well in the early game get into harder lobbies because it forces you to play as a team, play super smart, probably play defensive more than anything. Mm -hmm. And so those people that are aggressive and that are taking fights are getting punished Mm -hmm. way more than before. And so they're not going to be getting into plat. They're not going to be getting all the way through gold. And so they're never going to be playing against people that they were playing at, which is how. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. And ASU is kind of in agreement for a different reason. ASU has expressed some frustrations with the rank changes as well, deems the system to be boring, and that the majority of matches boil down to 15 to 18 minutes of running around and two minutes of action. Um, yeah, I think we obviously are getting some hyperbole from everyone. Everyone always talks on the internet in hyperbole, but you got to look at some of the truth behind what they're saying. And I think the common thread to say is, there's some good that came out of these rank changes. There's also been a lot of bad. It's something we talked about on behind the scenes. You were even saying you're worried that people are just not going to play as much ranked at all. Whether that means they don't play Apex or they don't or they don't just play ranked is kind of interesting. And you know, I hope maybe we can get some of the numbers behind this split in particular um, coming up at the halfway point. Because I'm quite fascinated to kind of see what the reaction has been from respawn internally. Yeah. I want the numbers from the last six splits while we're at it. Let's be realistic. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a very valid concern um, that the changes could be negative for mm-hmm. Apex. But it's also true that watch hours and stream hours totally. are at an all-time high, and Apex seems to be very successful on the outside. Um, a little bit of a, a comment on what ACU is talking about in terms of the pacing of ranked games, this could be more of a storm point totally, issue yeah. than mm-hmm. a ranked issue. You know, this was exactly what people were saying when Stormpoint was initially released that games are walking simulators, mm-hmm. long rotations, people not label a lot of their streams running simulators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it could be a situation not necessarily of the point system or the uh ranked system entirety, but more of a, a map issue. So Time will tell. And I made a bold proclamation that I thought there could be some adjustments to the ranked system at the split. I feel less certain of that because of that point of them probably saying like, hey, we're going to want to see it on another map before we kind of come to any conclusions about it. Um, Do you think there's any chance that we do actually end up seeing anything at the split at all? Even a statement on it? (laughs) I think it is highly, highly unlikely. I, I would love fair. a statement. I think that's the best you could ask for. But given the track record, I don't think we're getting it. Um, and it's unfortunate. Before getting into some questions, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. 
Welcome back. We got some questions to take care of today. The first is a five-star question coming from Apple. If you want your question to be guaranteed to get on the show, leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And this question is coming from Lover. I have a question about heirlooms in the future. Is it going to be hard to do someone's heirloom like Ash because she already has a sword? And what do you think about maybe instead of heirloom quips, maybe an heirloom finisher? This is a this is a fun question. Something we kind of talked about a long time ago with Loba's staff. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's been a while though since I think we've brought this one up again. Yeah. So items that legends carry pose a little bit of a conflict into what can you do that's unique for their heirloom. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, the game designers do a really fantastic job with this, um, and in many ways, kind of combine them. Yeah. Uh, like we've seen. Nessie dolls integrated into the heirloom animation for Watson. So mm-hmm. like that's kind of a good way to get the best of both worlds. Um, because I think what Lover is probably getting at is the sword is so awesome. I mm-hmm. just want to carry the sword. So yeah. like, what can you give me that's better than that? And same with the, the Loba staff. So yeah. I kind of trust the designers at this point. I think mm-hmm. our heirloom quality has been going up and up and up. Um, and just... Briefly talking about heirloom finishers, in some ways we do have heirloom finishers and the way that we have mythic skin, yep. unique finishers with the Bloodhound Mythic. So I think that's something that we'll continue to see. Um, and so kind of check that box, even though it's a bit controversial. I mean, what do you think? I'm trying to think of like all the previous heirlooms. Have we had any, have we had an heirloom that has come out that? The legend itself had a holding an actual item that was the ability because Loba yeah. and Ash are obviously a little unique in that their ultimates are actually the items they carry. It is the black market and it is the sword itself. And the answer is probably just going to end up being as simple as you know, you're gonna your animation is going to be that the thing disappears and the sword comes out, and then you kind of you know use that per se. Would it be bad if they changed the actual animation of the ability to be unique to the heirloom? So say uh, Loba had a uh, some sort of, uh, let's say, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of a random item right now for her off the top of my head. Like if she was holding a necklace in any way, shape, or form, like played around with that and stuff. And if part of her now new animation for using her ultimate was that she pulled out the staff, placed the ultimate, but she like hooked the heirloom onto it or something while it was going down. So it was incorporated. Or Ash has some sort of thing where it actually phase tears with something other than the sword. Is that good or does that take away from the coolness of the ability that we've come to love with the item? Yeah. It, I'm going to stick with the fact that heirlooms are probably going to be cool regardless. They're mm-hmm. so rare and the the animations of inspect are so so cool the one that i think about is before revenants was released people were talking about the the unique animations with his ultimate and mm-hmm. when he pulls mm-hmm. out you know a skull that's like all chrome yeah. that could be his heirloom people thought that would be really cool another one being uh gibraltar has a war club already yeah. polynesian mm-hmm. very cool that should be his heirloom well we can we we have a war club we got close different. yeah <laughs> so it, it's in some ways you can uh kind of copy what they currently use and reskin it um 
But at the end of the day, heirlooms are going to be cool. You're going to be book. hyped to have the heirloom. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. <laughs> Next question coming from Discord from Lunar Plague. Do you guys feel like the quality of balancing and legend changes has drastically decreased in recent history? Like currently, Devs won't give Pathfinder a passive because his pick rate is too high when he's a free legend. And currently, seven of the top 10 most played legends are free legends. I just can't seem to understand how this correlates to power. I honestly would prefer the old way of balancing and win rate because it at least has some sort of correlation towards skill. It just annoys me how we don't get any major meta changes from season to season and can tend to make the game dry. Especially when a new season releases, I feel less excitement since usually no changes are made. Oh, this is a good one. There's a lot to unpack in here. Um, you say you, you look like you got a thought, so you can you can lead. In, if in you'd many like. ways, yeah. <laughs> Lunar, we fully agree. Mm-hmm. The, the hype of season releases for us was legend balancing mm-hmm. fully. Honestly, more than new maps, more than new weapons, more than new legends. That's why we have we a podcast. It's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> so we definitely feel your frustration um, in, the, in the previous seasons. And I think the lackluster reworks to Watson, crypto, mm-hmm. being these headline things that really do not shift the meta are very lackluster. Yeah. And it is a change in team. And I think there's strong arguments on both sides to say, What's the best way to operate a game? I think for a while we were like, Apex is going to get balancing changes to keep things fresh. Kind of like how Lunar Plague is talking about. Like, And we see it in weapons still. It is always going to be a thing in weapons for the most part that the meta shifting in weapons is not always a balancing tool, but someone needs their time to shine. You know, The lead, the lead weapon designer who told us that has left since that still seems to be true. And the replicators, I think, just further reinforce that to an extent. And so I think that perspective on balancing is totally interesting. Doing it for legends, I think, is so much more time-consuming than weapons. It's not just some numbered tweaks per se. You have to really alter how things go to make shifts in the uh, legend meta. And like you said, it has been lackluster in terms of the reworks we've gotten lately. I'm not sure if balancing by win rate is the way that that's justified. You know, and we talked about balancing by win rate a long time ago with Daniel Klein, who at the time was the lead legend designer. We kind of talked about how like win rate are so close for all the legends. You know, it's just like it's percentiles, like small, small percentile differences because the sample size is just so large and players are so talented. So yeah. I am cool, like unless there's outliers. Obviously, I hope they take that into account to some extent if there's outliers in some way, shape, or form. But for the most part, we've kind of come back to balancing by pick rate, making a little bit more sense. But if that's the justification for us not getting changes, I'm happy to walk back that opinion now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll add to that and say that player skill is not directly impacted by legend choice. Yeah. Legend choice mm-hmm. is way more subjective. Um, Pathfinder, we've talked about on countless episodes at this point. What I find most interesting is Lifeline's current state being she's a free legend, but she is still very popular, even with Newcastle being in the game. 
Yeah, and it's interesting to see how that kind of came to be in the end, per se. So, I don't know. I, I do think, generally speaking, I think you and I are on the coming towards more so the side of balance to keep things a little bit more fresh, just to an extent. And that probably also just comes down to nailing those reworks, which they have missed now on twice. And I don't think we'd be having this conversation if the reworks went really well and we didn't, you know, essentially come to be with having a good time with them. Next question coming from Discord, Day Lurker. So I've been playing Apex since day one and now have and one and now have mobile. Five games ending with a W and all five. Do you think it will stay like this or will the heat get cranked as it's sorted out? I'm not yet in ranked. I'm not sure if that's a different story or is it? I think so asking about you know winning Apex mobile games to start. Um who wants to break the news? <laughs> I don't know if I can. So your first handful of games on mobile are mixed in, and a lot of them are with bots, like actual, you know, AI, something that's been talked about. I don't know, like, the number for, like, how long until you hit real players. Have you experienced it? You've played mobile a bit more than I have. I'm not sure where you're at, though. I still find mobile, especially third person, to be pretty easy Mm -hmm. and fun. Um, And I think for me and maybe Day Lurker, that is refreshing, you know? it. It's your apex fix, but a lot less sweaty. Um, you know, if you can handle the UI and input, then you should definitely do it in my eyes. Yeah, I think that's very fair to say. And I think generally speaking, have a good time over on mobile. Like, it's a good game. <laughs> Next question coming from Discord as well. Siggy Smurf Emperor's Champion. Hey guys, I had a thought. Who, if any IP, would you want to partner with or get referenced like how Rainbow Six Siege did with Rick and Morty for skins or Fortnite if they have some? If they went further to do a legend from an outside series, who would you want? Personally, I'd love to see Warhammer 4K. I'd probably pick Captain Titus from the Space Marines game. I think this is a fun question. And we've talked about IP a little bit. Our first instinct, what we've said in the past, Star Wars. Like, you know, yep. Respawn has the Star Wars IP to an extent. Obviously, things have changed a bit, but we still have Fallen Order. New ones coming. We've had the crossover of the Pathfinder BD skin that's just painted white and red, but obviously we can do way better than that. So seeing a full Star Wars IP crossover for me would be top of the list. Feel free to say that exact same one, but I'd be also interested to hear if there's any others that maybe come into contention for you per se. Whenever we talk about IPs and Apex, like I guess the question wants us to be creative and <laughs> share our other interests. Yeah. But I just I think firstly about Fortnite and how powerful it is as a marketing tool. Yeah. It's incredible. Fortnite <laughs> just released their chapter three, season three. And there's so much new content. Like <laughs> they are dropping content so frequently with map updates, item updates, new skins that are IP crossovers, new challenges, new weapons. Like they're into a new season and they have three new guns. We're kind of lucky if we get a new gun, but. We get a new legend every season, which we could have a, an episode coming up here about debating what is bigger, what's more exciting, yeah. you know, a new legend or 
map updates and cosmetics loop, loop yeah. updates. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a it's a tough call to compare the two. I don't know. I'm just trying to give you time to think about what's well, another. Oh, idea. you're you're gonna throw it back to me. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, if we're going saying like one person would want to come in and be a legend, that's so hard because. I'm sorry. If we bring in Iron Man, if we bring in yeah. like Batman, a, a Jedi, or anything like that, uh, they're gonna have a nice advantage, I think, over a lot of our legends. So I was trying to think of something that could be maybe a bit more balanced. And my mind went to Ghost Recon and saying like we should bring in Nomad per se from the Ubisoft yeah. series, yeah. and you know he's got there's all those abilities now back in there. So you got like stun grenades, you got autonomous drones yeah. and stuff. So Maybe there's something there that can be balanced a bit more easily for just a regular guy um, with no superpowers. But yeah, I mean, other IPs, I'd do anything. I think a collection event based around an IP would be a ton of fun. I've told people I'll buy an entire Star Wars collection event if it ever comes. Um, You know, I love Marvel. I love DC. I got posters behind me of, you know, all those. I'll happily uh, take any of them in the game. Yep. We can dream. We can dream. No, I don't think it's happening anytime soon. But that's going to wrap things up to, for us. Thank you to our producer for the Third Party 10. who supports over on Patreon. Subscribe and pause. Drop a follow on Spotify and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.